Hello, and welcome to Be My Mentor, a real estate podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all things real estate. You see, when I first got my real estate license, I knew there was a lot to learn, and the best way I knew to learn was to ask a lot of questions. In every episode, we have conversations with professionals that are in the field every day, from home inspectors, agents, mortgage lenders, and even photographers. So whether you're a future home buyer, homeowner, or a real estate agent, you're going to walk away with something practical and actionable. I can't wait to learn with you on this journey. This week, we're talking all about title, title insurance, and the process of closing a real estate deal. We sit down with Lucy McGuire from Arrow Title Services based out of Stewart, Florida. When it comes to selling properties, the transfer title and the closing process is one of the most important elements of a deal. During this episode, Lucy breaks down why title insurance is so important and the steps a title company takes to ensure that a transfer of title is clear. While you may not need to know every single element to a closing, it's important to understand what's going on at the closing table. So thank you for joining me today for this very educational episode with Lucy McGuire. So tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got into title and a little bit of your background. Sure. So that's a funny story. Um, I would have never expected to be in title insurance. I don't know if any person who's in title insurance expects to be in title insurance. Sounds exciting, right? <laughs> yeah, it's super exciting. Well, it's funny you say that because that's like my catchphrase at my networking meetings and stuff. I'm like, who's excited to talk about title insurance? And they're all like, woo! <laughs> it's like this whole thing. It's hilarious. And I don't even know where I came up with that. I think I was just trying to be funny one day and it like caught on. Um, but I... It was funny about a year and a half ago now, um, which is crazy to even think that it's been that long, but I was looking to move away actually. And I'm born and raised in Jensen Beach, Florida, just 30 minutes up the coast from here. So being born and raised here, I backpacked Europe, came back, was planning on leaving and moving out of Florida. And I had gone to the chambers because I was involved in marketing before and the chamber crowd knew me so I had gone to them and said hey like I'm looking for you know a job in marketing or management and someone was like oh yeah I'll keep an eye out for you and I was like okay but you know people say that so I didn't expect anything of it I was planning on moving away had uh, a job that I was going to go check out in Portland Oregon Uh, a week before I went to go check that job out I get a call from Michelle and I'm like oh she's like do you want to come in for an interview and I'm like okay I didn't apply to the job or anything and she's you know so and so suggested you like first thing out of their mouth was you when I said I was looking for a business development officer I was like okay like sure why not I never was gonna let go of an opportunity so I went in there Um, me and her just talked for literally two and a half hours we were just like getting to know each other and at the end she was like I'm sold are you sold I was like I don't even know what title insurance is and I'm sold And, you know, it just felt like where I needed to be. And it's been nothing but great, great um, energy. And just I've learned so much about people, about our area, about the industry and real estate. I would have never expected to be in the real estate industry. And being in it, I'm very thankful that I am. Because it's like I like the aspect that I get to get. I get like the outsider's perspective of like the realtor's world. Because you guys have like our pounding the pavement in a sense and I am too but in a different way so 
title insurance itself is something that a lot of people don't know about and they don't know that it's a, such a big part of the process. And that kind of blew my mind when I came into it. Cause I was like, I don't even know what title insurance is. I have been through the home buying process and I like the term is back there, but I didn't know what it did, why it was there, who was benefiting. So <laughs> let's, let, let's just start the very basics of title insurance. I, like what, what is title? So title, well, title itself is like your deed or mm -hmm. the ownership of the property, right? Mm -hmm. Now, title insurance is what protects you and your ownership of that property. Mm -hmm. Now, what a lot of people don't know is that title insurance is what protects you and your ownership of your land. So it's actually on the land, right? Okay. And the land, you let's say, land's been about around forever. So they're not making more land, but the ownership of that land has gone through so many different ownerships over time, right? And in each of those transfers of ownership, there are mistakes that can be made because it's a big process. You know, there's, you know, the deeds being transferred, making sure that there is clear title when it's being transferred and, you know, unmentioned heirs. There's so many things that could go wrong in each of those transfers. So every time that piece of land is sold, when you build a house on that land, it brings up the value of that land, right? Mm -hmm. So that's being included in your, how valuable that land is. Now, Title insurance, there's two types of title insurance, which I don't think a lot of people understand that breakdown. There's lender's title insurance, which if you have a, or lender's loan, there's a couple of names for it. Um, and that is what protects the lender. So if you have a lender in, in the process of purchasing a home, they're going to require that you get that. And if, then there's a second policy, which is owner's policy. And that policy is what protects the individual buyer who's buying that property from anything that's happened in the past so it's it's an in, when people hear insurance you know people kind of clamor because they're like oh you know insurance they think that they're getting screwed over or whatever mm -hmm. it's money they don't need to pay but this is a one-time fee that you pay and it protects you for the entirety that you own the property and it protects you from anything that's happened in the past most insurances protect you from anything that's, that go, that's going to happen in the future. Mm -hmm. So it's the one insurance that does that in the past. And I think that that's pretty cool because right. you're protecting yourself from anybody else's mistakes and we're all human, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, like I said, with all of those transfers of title, sometimes things can look clear and they aren't because there could be like unmentioned heirs. Like let's say 30 years ago, there's someone on a property and they they transfer the title, but they don't mention so-and-so, a brother or something like that, or a, whoever who might have staked Long to the claim. Long-lost uncle or Yeah, something. exactly. And that could have staked to that claim, um, to that land. And if they don't mention them, and then let's say 30 years in the future, they come and they're like, oh, well, that's my land and here's my proof. Mm -hmm. And they just weren't mentioned. So are you guys, just because I'm coming at it from a... Uh, a brand new perspective. Absolutely. Are, so you are, are you guys primarily an insurance company or so like what's the difference? Like, are, yeah, this is like totally showing how green I am. No, it's fine. So the, when we go to the closing table, 
yeah. what is your job? Like, are you guys the ones who say, here's your title? Or like, like yeah. what makes the transfer of the title? Are you guys making the transfer of the title happen? Is that what's happening? Yes. So there's so much that's going on in the background. I don't think, I, like, I don't know if everyone truly understands how much is being done in the back of the back of the room. And because, oh, so when we bought our house, yeah, the stack of papers was this big. Yeah, I don't know. We went to an attorney's office. I don't know if they were title. If they were, I don't know what they were doing. Yeah, like I, I don't know. <laughs> so I need literally like a big graph that just like. <laughs> yeah, no, and I get that because it's so it's so interesting. These people people go and sign on houses every day, right? Mm-hmm. And you know they're signing all these paperwork, they're you know signing it off, whatever, and they're just like signing their life away, and they're not even asking any questions. But like, it's important to understand that's like one of the biggest purchases you're gonna make in your life. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, if you don't know what you're signing at the end of the day, like uh, at an attorney's office, uh, so there's attorneys and there's title companies. Okay. They do the same thing. Now, an attorney, a lot of people from up in the Northeast, you're required to use an attorney. It depends on your state if you can use an attorney or a title company or if you're required to use only one or whatever. So in a lot of other states, you're required to use an attorney and you have like an option of title insurance. It's like kind of weird. It's all different in other states. But in Florida, you have the option to use a title company or an attorney. Now, the biggest difference that I see with them is, you know, you're kind of paying for the name and like, you know, saying that you have an attorney when you have an attorney. Um, They're doing the same paperwork. They're doing all of that. But it's all comes down to customer service at the end of the day, in my opinion, when it comes to between title company and attorney. Attorney's office, you may have more more people working on the transaction, right? Because it's a big office and, you know, you could have five different people working on your file. You know, at, at our company, because we're a small title company, M- Michelle's been in the industry for 30 years and she's worked for attorneys. She's worked for nearly everyone in town. And then she decided to open up her own business. She has, we have a small company and it's like every single person in the office knows exactly what's going on with the file at a given time. So Michelle is doing a lot of the work. And if you ask any questions, she's going to explain it along the way. And it's not like you have to like kind of like fight to find those answers. Um, We also do a lot of educational videos and such like that. Mm -hmm. And we want to make sure people are informed about what they're signing at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just, there's, so they're essentially doing the same thing. You're going to pay a little bit more for an attorney because it's an attorney, but we have attorneys backing us. We have Mm -hmm. an underwriter, an old Republic title, who is very well backing, has been around for a really long time, and they have attorneys at our disposal. We also have a local attorney that we refer to if any like messy divorce cases come up. And when people use a title company, uh, it is, they have the option to have like, attorney guidance on there as well. So they can actually kind of have both if they have like a personal attorney that they use and they just want them to review documents. Like we work with attorneys sometimes. So, you know, it just depends. So as a title company, your main concern is a clear title Yes. for the client. Yes. So So take me through that process. Like let's, let's just put up a scenario here. I'm the buyer of a house and you know, I hire you guys. Mm-hmm. And another thing, is it the buyer or the seller who picks the title company or is it both? So it's completely negotiable Okay. in the contract. So there are some areas in which it's like customary for seller to pay or customary for buyer to pay. Um, but 
at the end of the day, it's whatever is negotiated between the realtors or, you know, whatever the case may be in the contract. Mm -hmm. So it, it, because it's a negotiable factor, you're able to then say, okay, like, you know, and this is on your guys' side as a realtor, like, okay, we're gonna, you know, give you a little bit less for the house, but we're gonna cover title mm -hmm. because it's like a big chunk of change, you know, it's like a negotiating power tool. Mm -hmm. And so whoever actually pays for it is usually the one that is the one who picks okay. it or picks the title company that's gonna represent. And the title company is a is a middle middle man in the sense. Like we take all the information from all parties. So like we work with the selling realtor, the buying realtor, the sellers, the buyers, the mortgage company if it's involved. We work with surveyors, making sure, you know, we're getting our lien searches. We're compiling all of this information and putting it into one neat stack for you to sign at the end of the day that's saying, okay, everything has been said and done. If you agree with, you know, these numbers that your mortgage company has given you, everything else contractually, then So you're, you're the company that makes, at the end of the day, you're like the linchpin of everything that just makes it happen at yeah. the end of the day. I call it our, we're like the team behind the scenes. <laughs> right. And so you actually make the transaction, the transfer of the property mm -hmm. happen. Correct. And then we're making sure that the title is free and clear. Mm -hmm. So free and clear title is there's so many things like I, I say, like there's so many like title nightmares out there or things that can go bump in the night. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't think about them just like any, you know, just like if you get any insurance, right, you're going to think, okay, well, you know, anything could happen. I could get hit by a car or whatever. It's the same thing in regards to this, that if you want to protect yourself from anything that could happen. And I think that it's, it, it's, hard, it's, it's hard to like really put a value on it because it is, and that, actually that's another thing. Let me, let me bring that up, the value of title insurance and you bringing up attorneys and title companies. Title insurance is across the board in our state, a state regulated fee. It is going to be the exact same for the actual policies, no matter where you go. So a lot of people ask, you know, like they try and negotiate title fees and really the only thing that's like negotiable or can be changed is like the closing fees themselves, which, you know, sometimes down South can be more expensive because if you think about real estate and properties and that are down South are gonna cost more. So title companies can charge more for their closing fees. And, you know, in our area it, up in Stewart, we're very, we're very reasonable, we're very competitive. Mm -hmm. And compared to down south, a lot of times people find us cheaper because we're not, you know, a big company. We're not in a huge area. And so that, the, a lot of people get misconstrued with that because they think it's something that they can negotiate, but it's a state regulated fee, your doc stamps, all of those taxes, like that's all state regulated and they don't understand that. So when it comes to title, it really is just about the service that you're getting at the end of the day mm -hmm. with how with how they're going to communicate with you, making sure that you understand what's going on along the process and what we're doing. So let me, we get a contract, right? We get a contract and we do a title search on it. So we go back 30 years more if we need to, to make sure that the title is free and clear from what we can, from what we can see. And that's 
once it is free and clear, that's when we issue that title insurance at the closing, you know, making sure if it's not free and clear, we're, we're clearing up those problems. So if there's problems that are coming up, we're saying we're either fixing them because they're easy fixes and there's things that we fix all the time, or we are like, if it's an issue that needs to be fixed on the buyer's part or the seller's part or not on the buyer's part on the seller's part, then we're saying, okay, hey seller, you need to fix, clear this. You need to contact this person and get this cleared before we can move forward. Mm-hmm. So it's about getting that level of communication to know like exactly what's happening because it, there's very rare circumstances where we're the ones that are holding back the process because everybody wants to close on time, right? Mm-hmm. And there are rare circumstances where it's us that's holding it, it back. A lot of times it has to do if you have a mortgage, you know, cash deals are pretty easy like they go by can be closed in about you know two weeks you know as long as we get our title search and everything and make sure it's all free and clear um so a lot of times when it comes with a lender there's so many aspects they have to do and i think what a lot of people don't understand is that we we almost follow the guidance of the of the mortgage company so if there's a mortgage involved they're saying okay this is when you can do this and then we do it because they have their, they have more steps mm-hmm. in their process than we do. So you're moving at the speed of the mortgage company? Absolutely, yes. Okay. All right, so if I'm a real estate agent, I have a buyer and they have an offer, it gets accepted, at what point do you come in? What does that process look like on the back end? So once there is a contract that's accepted by both parties, both the seller and the buyer, Mm -hmm. whoever's paying for title in that contract, whatever is negotiated in that. So let's say you have the buyer and buyer's paying for title in this transaction. Is that pretty common? What's the most common? It's so it's, it's really hard. We, it's about 50, 50, what we see, but it's funny. You'll talk to different agents and they'll say, Oh, it's seller always pays. Oh, it's buyer always. They all have their own opinion. (laughs) It really just depends. And sometimes, because certain agents really trust certain companies and like the people that they work with, they create their own team, right? To make sure that they have, you know, people that are gonna work hard for them and or not for them, I shouldn't say, but like, you know, work hard for the transaction itself. It's a consistent experience for the agent. Exactly, it's a consistent, so, you know, sometimes they'll be like, you know, it's valuable to use this person because they're going, I know that they're gonna get it done and there's not gonna be any hiccups and they're not gonna, you know, Communication, I would say, is the number one thing. When I first came into this business, I said, I asked Michelle's agents, I was like, okay, what makes you choose us over other people? And they're like, communication, hands down. Like, I know that if I send it to Michelle, it's gonna get done. And I know that if I have any questions or if there's anywhere in the process, like she's communicating with me the entire way that it's being done. Um, so I think that a lot of people don't don't realize that and put that into the perspective. But so let's say, you know, there's technically it's like the buyer or the seller that have whoever's paying for it has the choice in who they choose for title, right? Because they're the ones buying or selling the house. A lot of times people don't know what title insurance is. So that's when the realtor comes in and you guys are that guiding for key for everything. So which that's what mm-hmm. you guys are. They're the resource, the resource of resources. Right. And you guys are guiding them to the process of saying, okay, you know, well, I know these and they're great and, you know, inspector or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And you're helping them through that process. So once it, let's say, you know, let's say you have the buyer and the buyer is paying for title as in regards to the contract. So the buyer 
once the contract is accepted by the seller, both parties agree to the terms, we then get sent a contract. So you would, you and the selling agent or both of you would sell, send us a contract and say, hey, you know, we have a new contract, um, et cetera. A so multiple, we send you that contract. You that send us signed. the contract. Here it is. Okay. Yep. And you say, this is now a contract and we're moving forward. So then we ask, we put together, a, a, we start putting the file together already. And we're like printing out the contract, making sure we have the closing dates and everything or what the closing dates are supposed to be and such like that. And then we wait for inspections because- So back up on the closing date, is that something determined mostly by the mortgage company or is that- So that depends, yeah, if there's a mortgage involved, then you do definitely need to correspond with the mortgage company and say, hey, like, is the mortgage company, what, what, when can they get it done by? Because sometimes they can say 30 days, sometimes they recommend 45 days, depending on the company that you're working with, they might be more inundated than mm -hmm. you know another company or whatever it might be. Um, but usually it's you know something that's you know between the buyer and seller, like let's say sometimes the seller wants a quick close and they're like, mm -hmm. hey, I want, I want it closed in 30 days. And then you having the buyer would say, if Let's there is a, a mortgage company, is that. that doable? Okay. And you know, and then in the contract, it would say thirty days from this date. You can you can put a lot of agents put on or before, okay. so and so date. Honor so then that be, then, so then that gives us the ability to be able to close any day before that. Mm -hmm. But you know, and then sometimes if for some reason, like I said, with the lenders, sometimes it's it is on that back end and we're not, they're not able to get the documents at the right time or what, if things come up, things come up, it's, it's real estate, <laughs> it happens. So if something comes up, then, you know, addendums can be made and it can be extended if it needs to. So usually the closing dates are never like something set in stone. It's like, it's like, you know, but we always try to get it done by that day. Mm -hmm. end of so there's a closing date. Um, we get it, get the contract put together and everything and we're not, together we don't put it together but we get it like set up on our end so that we know what's going on with the contract and it's kind of waiting until inspections because inspection period anything can happen right so once the buyer gets inspections done we we wait for them to get inspections done and say hey are you moving forward with this house mm -hmm. because we're not going to start spending money mm. like on like on surveys and title searches because that would be then the responsibility of the, the buyer or the seller or whatever. So you're putting together the file, basically your customer file. Yeah. And then you're waiting on inspections. Yeah. Okay. Once inspections happen, we say, are you moving forward? If they say yes, we say, okay, great. Um, if they say no, then we just, just the right. contract's canceled. Does a pre-listing inspection help speed things up at all or no? Or does that even matter? So it can, it definitely can. And um, I would say that if you get a pre-listing inspection, if the buyer agrees with that inspection, then sure, so absolutely. So if the buyer uses the same inspector that the <clears throat> the selling agent used and they agree, or if they go along with that inspection. Yeah, if they, okay. they want to trust that, I mean, you know, and of course they are trust, mm -hmm. trusted, but you know, sometimes people, people are funny. They like want to do their own thing and that's completely okay if they want to pay for another inspector to come out and double check it or whatever. Um, so yeah, the pre, if, it pretty much is completely up to the buyer. Mm -hmm. All we need is an okay moving forward. Like you've, sometimes people don't even do inspections. So, you know, that's not a requirement. You know, you can. Especially if it's a cash deal or something. Yeah, you know, so. Because most banks require that inspection, right? Oh, you know, 
That would be something on the mortgage side okay. that you would have to ask because okay. I'm not sure. I'm pretty about sure that. they do. I know FHA for sure. Is oh yeah, FHA. It. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, but maybe conventional or something because if certain conventional loans, I know that you know there's so many different. There's construction loan. There's yeah, a million and one loans. Um, not but, your department. I guess. Yeah, not my department. <laughs> <laughs> but pretty much all we need is: Are you moving forward? Yes or no? Okay. Um, past the inspection period, and then we can start really ordering. You know, the title search. Uh, lean, if it's in certain counties, um, for instance, St. Lucie County, they require a lien search. Martin County does not, um, and Palm Beach County, I don't believe, does either. Because, and the difference with that is a lien search. So liens that are put against your property, there's Port St. Lucie attaches those liens to your property in a sense that it puts a, um, it then makes your, your title not clear mm. in a sense. They attach it to the deed. So, that, so if they have like a contractor's lien or anything else on it, it has yeah, to be cleared up. It has to be cleared up before it can transfer to the buyer. And that's not the case in Martin or Palm Beach, or is that... It's not connected to the property like that. Okay. So it's just, it's it's a different type of type of thing that isn't attached. So in St. Lucie County, for instance, if you, and there there are liens across the state, depending on what type of lien it is, there's a million and one liens that you can, different types of liens that you can get. But in St. Lucie County specifically, like, you know, water and sewage, that is all connected to the property. And let's say if there's a lien, like let's say there's a code enforcement lien, like they go around and let's say they see your grass is three feet tall and they do a lien against your, they give you a notice and you don't fix it. And then they put a lien against your property, whatever it is, maybe $50. And then we do that lien search and we have to make sure that that $50 is paid off by the seller before the buyer, so that the buyer isn't mm -hmm. encompassing that lien. What's the most common type of lien that you see? I'd say it's code enforcement, yeah. Code enforcement. I mean, technically a mortgage is a lien mm -hmm. against the property. So, I mean, it's, you know, clearing up the mortgages as well, making sure that there isn't a second mortgage out there. Sometimes people don't even know that they have second mortgages. <laughs> like people are, you know, signing things. We have had I mean, if they've been there for 10 years and they don't. Well, and sometimes people get in certain situations and I think that, you know, there's a million and one mortgage companies out there and banks and stuff like that. And sometimes they're signing something. And I don't think they almost, they don't always understand what they're signing. Mm -hmm. So they're, they don't think it's a second mortgage, but in the paperwork it is. And we're like, okay, you have a second mortgage. And they're like, no, I don't. Like, and they just don't know. Their monthly payments to one person, but maybe it gets split or something. Yeah. Well, the second mortgage and again, on the mortgage side, but I know a brief amount there's you know your regular mortgage that you're getting like let's say you're just taking out a mortgage but then sometimes you get um equity lines of credit mm. and such like that you know so it's technically a second okay. mortgage yeah and i could see the seller thinking that that's just rolls into their first mortgage but it's not it's, it's a, not it's a second mortgage yeah okay that makes sense so all right so so making sure it's free and clear Okay, so what does a, so we, we do a lien search, at least in Port St. Lucie, you do lien search, and then you said you do a title search as well? Title search, so that's going back 30 years, making sure that the property is free and clear from any other title, or finding out if there are any title. That's when we're going to get all of that information um, in regards to making sure that all the transfers of the deeds in the past were good. Sometimes there are messy situations like with uh, states, 
and you know businesses sometimes own properties and then like transferring mm. you know sometimes there's some little weird things going on there um let me give you an example that would be great of a like a title nightmare when in regards to a deed so let's say there is a a mother and his her son and she's deeding the property over to her son she signs with an X and two witnesses, but she doesn't get it notarized. We're 30 years back, right? She signs it over to her son and he thinks he has that property, right? Mm -hmm. He thinks he owns that property. Fast forward 30 years, he's trying to sell it nowadays. And this is a real scenario too. So he's trying to sell it now. And we, you know, he comes to us and he says, okay, you know, I wanna sell this property. But we, when we do the title search, their, their deeds are not valid. So because the deed's invalid because it wasn't transferred properly over to him, the deed reverts ownership back to the mother. Hmm. The mother's passed away. Oh, okay. The mother had two other children. So there's, she had three children. Deed then automatically reverts, splits up into three pieces and is, you know, owned separately by all three children. Let's say that there is one of the other children that's passed away as well, and it goes to their kids. So let's say that there's now five points of ownership. And in order for him to say that that's his property, all five parties have to agree to sign over the deed to him. And everyone probably doesn't want to do that. And it's in getting in contact with all of them. Maybe he's not in contact with every single one of those people. Maybe one of them's in jail. One of them, I think, was in jail. <laughs> so it's like, you know, there's, so and you would have had to pay to get all of those people to like give the property at him and coordinate that. And he would have had to pay for all of that because he didn't get title insurance. So he didn't get title insurance from the transfer from mom. Yeah, because they him. just signed it over. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. I've actually had, um, we have a couple of, you know, for sale by owners that call us, right? And people who want to do it by themselves, don't recommend it. <laughs> um, real estate's a crazy beast and that's why there are professionals in place like mm -hmm. realtors and us to get done. But, um, you know, we have Fizbo's call us sometimes and one recently had called us and it was a lady who was trying to sell her condo or something and she's like, oh yeah, I looked it up because it is public record. Like she looked it up, she's like, yeah, it's free and you know, it's clear, you know, and She's like, yeah, you can trust me. And he's like, well, I think I want to make sure that we have a title company. You know, I want to make sure that things are good and everything. And she was trying to avoid any and all fees. Like mm -hmm. when she got our quote, which our quote isn't, you know, it's state regulated again. And it's not anything that she's going to get any different. She's like, no, I mean, I, we can just sign it over to each other. Like you, she was just trying to avoid everything and all. And he was a smart buyer because mm -hmm. there are some buyers that would, you know, have maybe just do it. it just do it. But that's one of those things that you have to be careful with. Like what if he did just go with it and then like 10 years down the line wants to sell his property and mm -hmm. it wasn't clear then. Right. Because now he's screwed. <laughs> So he was a smart buyer and he was like, nope, not comfortable with that. Like if you're not willing to, and he was willing to split the cost with her mm -hmm. and everything. And you know, that's another option, buyer and seller. Like there's people the do 50-50 split too. That's fair. And then you just, yeah. So that's a, he, in the end, he wasn't able to sell his property because he just didn't want to pay for all those costs. So he was like, I'll just hold on to it. 
So just, you, they never did the title search or anything? No. Interesting. Or he didn't do anything about it all. Like, he knew he had invalid deed. He just kind of... Yeah, maybe, maybe he knew something that we didn't yeah. know. <laughs> he searched and he did find something. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's really involved. I'm, I know that as a realtor, I'm going to be glad just to have title take care of all that, but I know that understanding it makes a whole lot of sense. Absolutely. Um, so what would you say are like the top two or three issues that come up when searching for title? So, or liens? Yeah, so like the you said code yeah, enforcement. The code enforcement liens, um, invalid deeds. And that means like maybe it just wasn't transferred right, like a FISBO or something Yeah, like and it's just about like making sure that it is, like, or if it's an estate and then it, the estate's being sold and mm -hmm. just making sure that everything was actually done properly. Right. Um, because there are people who think that they can do it on their own and it, it's possible to do it on your own. Like, I mean, just like anything, you can sell your house on your own, but are you going to get it done properly? Are you going to mm -hmm. get as much money as you could for it, you know? And it's just, I say this all the time, especially like in our live videos, like there is so much in real estate. Not one person knows every single aspect of real estate. We're in it every single day. And your every situation and is just a little bit different. It is. And it's, you know, new things come up all the time. There are things Michelle encounters sometimes that she's been doing it for nearly 30 years. <laughs> And, and you know, new things before. come up. Yeah. And she's like, wow, I never saw it. But she likes those. She's uh -huh. like, I, she likes a challenge because it's different. She's like, oh, I'm interested. Yeah, yeah. No, it, makes you, it makes you more being able to get those new things better prepared you for the next one. Yeah, like solve a problem. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about the cost. Is it a percentage of the of the sale price? Is it just set fee? What is it? It is. So there is, it's a percentage and I, Michelle knows the exact, like, it's like 5% of, I don't want to, I don't want to say what it is and it's wrong, but it is a percentage of, it's a specific calculation that's made mm -hmm. based on the sales price of the home. Okay. So if the sales price of the home is 500,000 okay. or whatever, yep. you know, then it is going to be a percentage of that. It's, if it's 520,000, it's a percentage of that. Um, and we, you know, have an app and everything that's really great for clients or realtors. Gives you an estimate. Gives you breakdown of the quotes, exactly what you're paying, like lien searches. Um, so there's your, there's the, your services and then mm -hmm. there's the insurance itself. How does that break down? So they're the owner's policy and the lender's policy. Okay. So there would be like closing fee. Which is what you get paid for doing the work. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So like our closing fee is three ninety five. Okay. So it's pretty affordable. Most people. Yeah. No, that pay. sounds yeah. pretty affordable. Yeah. yeah. It's three ninety five. The owner's policy, like I think I just did one. I just did one like last night. Let's say there was it was I think it was on a two hundred and fifty six thousand dollar house, and I think it was one thousand for the owner's policy. It was like one thousand three hundred and fifty dollars. Mm -hmm. um, so that was for the owner's policy, and then there's the lender's policy. So this is one thing with the price, if you, that people don't understand so the owner's policy and the lender's policy when you get them together it's called like simultaneous issue rate mm -hmm. so it's like you're getting a combo a combo meal you're a getting like a discounted rate. rate because some people 
so lenders policy is required by the lender if you have a, mm-hmm. if you have a lender on there. Owner's policy is technically um, not required because you can you can take the risk just like if you don't want to have health insurance you don't mm-hmm. have to have health insurance. Um, but you it's not required, but it is highly recommended, especially because of all the reasons I just listed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so. But what's funny about that is even people who are opting out, like let's say they don't want owner's policy and they have the lender's policy, the lender's policy is going to be pretty much the same as if you were to get both. Okay. It's and about the same price. It's a, yeah. Were... It's a couple, like a couple hundred dollars more for you to okay. be able to get both the owner's policy and the lender's policy. And the one thing that I tell people all the time is like, why would you protect the lender and not yourself? If the lender's requiring it because they want to make sure that they're covered, mm-hmm. maybe you should be too, you know? So. And only a couple hundred dollars. I mean, yeah. I know that when we first bought our house, whatever we had saved up for our down payment, mm-hmm. you need double. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You need double for everything. At least we were like on a, we were on a 5% com- uh, conventional at the time. Mm-hmm. So in that case, I think we, we ended up closing needing double at the table just for all of the different things that came up. And, um, you never know just, and that's the whole thing about being a new buyer or seller. You're going to the table, or even if you've been there before, you just, it's been so long. Yeah, it's true. You're going to the table and it's just a big, big basket of mystery. At least to me it is. Yeah. No, and, a lot for a lot of people. And even with all of the laws that, you know, say everything has to be clear. I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, it's like Michael Scott. Like, I need it explained to me like I'm a five-year-old, like mm-hmm. 10-year-old, five-year-old. Yeah, like, absolutely. <laughs> you know. And that's why we have, you know, during Corona, it's kind of been this whole change. Like, actually, in January of this year, 2020, I almost said like 2000 something else. <laughs> January 2020, a remote online notarization became a thing. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that yet? I've heard of it, yeah. So that is a way that now we can do closings virtually. That's so nice. because those signatures are now by the state are allowed to be electronic signatures. It's through a platform, you know, there's still a process you have to go through to get it. Um, we got it in March approved to be able to do it and pretty much you're having a closing but you're doing it through a laptop so you they have to have a camera they have to have a working camera we have to be able to see them verify Mm. who they are okay um and then when we like we make sure that there's an there's a whole identification process they have to go through like showing their id like to the camera and um, they, the system asks them specific questions um, to verify their identity. And then we're able to like go through the closing just like we would kind of in person, but over the computer. So it's kind of cool. That's, that's great. I, you know, everything with COVID I feel has brought so much stuff to the 21st century in a lot of ways. Absolutely. That should have been yeah. Are we still in the 21st century? I always yes, get it. Yes, like, okay. I think. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I always get confused with like Generation Z and X and everything I know. like that. That's crazy. But even just the technology itself, like technologies and companies that have been behind are now, oh, we got to do this now. And I think no matter what happens, I think we're going to be better equipped going down in the future because so many industries have just been like, well, we don't really need to do it. Like we like the old way of doing things, but now they're forced to do it. And if they don't do it, they don't adapt. 
Absolutely. It's and not going to go you well. You have to adapt and pivot. And if you don't, then like you're the one left behind. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, during Absolutely. this whole... Pro- during this whole pro- pro- process, progress, whatever, um, COVID, we started a YouTube channel and like we started doing those kind of bite-sized things that you're talking about. Like it's right. be like, I'm a five-year-old and we're like breaking it down. Like I said earlier, like municipal, like what does municipal mean? Like cause the lean search is municipal lean search, you know? It's like, there's so many terminologies that people don't understand and so we break that down into like five minute segments like okay what does this subject mean and you know what is a title search what is this and what's an estoppel yeah that's good and i'll if you can give me the link i can put the link in the bottom of the absolutely yeah so people can and i think that's the the key here is me as a realtor like the more i i talk about this more i realize it's good to have someone who knows their stuff Mm mm-hmm I need to know enough to explain to my client. To be dangerous. To be dangerous. <laughs> but being able to have a professional that I can say, look, talk to her. Mm-hmm. She knows everything about it. I know the general high level stuff. Yeah. But they can explain and walk you through every every piece of that. Absolutely. So if I'm a realtor and I have a seller or a buyer, what are the what's the most important thing I need to communicate to them about title insurance? So when we get that when we get that contract, we just want to make sure that we have all of the party's information. So if you have the buyer, like we want to make sure that your buyer understands that, hey, the title company is going to be reaching out to you. Um, if they call you, like make sure you answer <laughs> type of thing. Because sometimes we have to track down people like mm-hmm. to get information from them. Um, and there are questions we have to ask in order to get things done on mm-hmm. our end, on the back end. So, you know, we'll ask you for all of their contact information, making sure that, um, we have everything moving forward and just i think that the number one thing is just being open to communication and making sure that your client understands that like we are a pivotal point in the process and that they if we call them and we need information from them that they're you know willing to communicate with us pretty much i mean it's not it's not I'm not saying that people don't, you know, don't communicate with us, but sometimes I think that they don't expect us to call. And then sometimes they're like, oh, who are you? Like, we're like, we're the title company, you know, representing our process. Yeah, so preparing your clients, say, hey, this is... This is what you should expect. This is the phone call you're going to get. Expectations and communication. That's what I've learned. The biggest thing in all of this is just expectations are huge. Absolutely. And making sure that they understand. I mean, I have a friend who was just talking to me last night and she was purchasing a house and I didn't even know like she was doing all this. And then she's already like under contract and everything and she had all of these questions. And like, I was explaining everything to her. She's like, why was I explaining this? Like, and I was like, I can't answer that, but I'm here, I'm trying, I'm trying to help, you know? So, you know, it's it, the communicate, she's just like, she feels almost like she's finding out later than she should have mm-hmm. because she didn't get the communication that she needed in the, she didn't have the expectation. She didn't know what to expect mm-hmm. from the process. And I think that that's, you know, anything you can, the best thing you can do for anyone. So whatever the, whatever the, the contract stipulates from there, whether it's buyer, seller, or it's split. And if mm-hmm. it's split, you're contacting both of them? Or do you contact both the buyer and the seller? No matter what. No matter what. Okay, yeah. so it doesn't really matter. Your process is the same no matter who's paying for it. You just yep. need to know who to bill at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, we just need to know if we're, you know, the deal that we have, like we just need mm-hmm. to have the deal and like say like, hey, you know, now, you guys are a, doing this. This is a weird question because everything's so digital and stuff like, but title or deed, is that like a piece of paper or is it like 
something documented with the count like what does that actually look like is there a piece of paper i can be like hey look i own this like, yeah so you will have you know a physical deed yeah it's okay. just like a, a title to your car type okay. of thing like think of it like that you know i don't like to I don't like to compare it to that because it's funny when I tell people, my friends like that are around my age and I'm like, oh yeah, I work for a travel company. They're like, and like, they look at me weird. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, do you know like what title insurance is? Like, and they're like, yeah, for cars, right? I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> not, the same. not for cars, for houses. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, but yeah, it's, you know, it's a deed. Um, there's a record that's online as well now with, days um through the county and of course the state so there is you'll have a physical copy so you'll actually get your deed in um four to six weeks after you close we'll make sure to mail it to you so we want to make sure that we have you know the right um addresses and everything like that which is all go now if you get process. a loan does do you get that deed or does it like go to the bank and the bank holds the deed until the loan is paid off how does that work you know, I think you get a deed, and that might be a question for Michelle, but I'm pretty sure you just get a deed that's like, you know, contingent upon type of thing, like a placeholder type of thing. Like, right. Yeah. So you get the deed, but it's contingent on you paying yeah, it off. Yeah, of course. Whatever. Like, okay. it's probably not the full deed right. type of thing. Question, does your, and does your, when someone gets title insurance, does that supersede any other insurance or title insurance that previous owners had on the home? Yeah. So... Like I said before, title insurance is a one-time fee that you pay. Mm -hmm. So anytime there's a transfer of ownership, you have to get a new policy. Um, and it negates the previous policy? Correct. Okay. So the, the old policy is then gone. Um, because if you own that, it's a one-time fee that, own, that lasts the entirety that you own the property. Mm -hmm. And you can actually... Um, it can revert to your heir. So like, let's say if you mm. pass away, then it will go... It It'll will transfer, transfer to your to your, to your heirs. Okay. Um, now, that like let's say you own the property for thirty years, that title insurance covers you for that entire time, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, yeah. for if you're paying a couple Smart. thousand dollars for, I mean, that's nothing. It's I mean, nothing. It's it's nothing. <laughs> you're <laughs> right. Is. The cost is so much up front, but it definitely I I could see it being worth it because I mean there's there's horror stories out there where it's mm -hmm. like you know, bought a house and wasn't clear and... Yeah, exactly. And if um, if you have a um, policy, like let's say you sell your house in three years, within three years, there's actually a discount to it hmm. um, because you're doing it in such a short period of time. So you'll get a discount on a, a issue rate type of thing for the title. Is insurance. that like a refund or just a discount on your next home or something? On the next home, On the yeah. next home, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for yeah. stopping by and explaining all of that. Of I I feel like I've just like a chip off the iceberg a little bit. Yeah, it's but a I lot. But I I think the main thing I learned is if I can if I can know this much and then I can just say hey talk to Lucy. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> talk to Lucy. This is the chip I, of today I've learned Lucy's talk to Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. My friend said that yesterday. She's like, you know what? I'm just gonna tell everybody to talk to you. <laughs> But I'm glad that I know enough to where I can communicate to my client what they need, at what time do they need it, and yeah. to help set those expectations. And I mean, the importance of, I don't know why you would want to buy a home without title insurance. I Absolutely. mean, that doesn't, 
it seems very a very small price for especially for the amount of purchase price that you're purchasing this home for absolutely and it's a big one yeah. of the biggest investments that you're ever going to make in your life yeah like yeah. why would you not protect yourself in that you know yeah i mean i i think it's one of the most valuable insurances that you can get and i didn't even really know existed before you know what i mean and i think that people just don't don't real they don't understand it they don't understand what it's doing for them and i think that that's why they get so upset about the money at the end of the day you know when they're like oh i'm paying this but why am i paying this? i mean most buyers at the even me included most buyers at the end of the day how can i buy a home with the least amount down with the least amount of cash to close absolutely because yeah. you know most people are living paycheck to paycheck and they're just like look i saved up this much i can't go over this you mm -hmm. know and Somehow they find the money when they have to, but it's, I understand I've been there yeah, and coming up with that extra three or $4,000 you weren't expecting is a big deal. But yeah. I mean, it's better than down the road having a, a much bigger mistake. Absolutely. And if you think about, if you compare it to how much you're paying for the house, mm -hmm. like if you're paying, like I said, my, with the quote that I had just done, if you're paying $1,300 on a 250 thousand dollar house i mean right and it's, it's all chunk change compared to the house yeah. how much you're paying for that and house. it's all negotiable i mean i know that i was talking to i mean the most common thing if you don't want to pay as much closing costs is you increase the price a little bit mm -hmm. you know you offer a little bit more and then the seller can you know give it to you on the back end it can be worked into the loan that way yeah. so that's probably the that's another way you can do it but yeah, there's so many different like wait, and that's like that's totally your wheelhouse. I know, I know. But like, there's so many ways. That's what that you buyers. Can, that's what buyers need the most of. And I, I, I've been learning a lot about you know different offers and just ways to be creative, where both parties can be like, okay, that's yeah. I can work with that. It makes sense. And that's yeah. I think that's the main key of having a professional on your side is like, yeah, you could do it on your own, but just these little things that make a big difference in how you offer and what you offer Absolutely. and what you negotiate and is that's, a big deal. And it's it really it's really unfortunate that so many people have like this negative connotation about realtors sometimes. Like I don't I I have met people that like they were like, oh you know, I don't want like they don't they feel like they're not getting value out of a realtor, but there's so much that you guys do and it, I think that people are not aware of how much you guys truly well, do, too. Well, I think it's hard to explain because it's sort of like hiring an attorney. Yeah. And when you hire an attorney, like the other day I had to talk to an attorney about something else. And I was scared I was going to be billed for talking to him, you know. Yeah. And, no. I and so it's I understand that because you're paying for knowledge. Mm -hmm. And you are for a realtor, you're paying more than knowledge, but you're paying for knowledge. And that is it seems like that's a hard thing to put value on. That's true. And I get that because from coming from my perspective, I, I'm a do-it-yourself kind of person. Yeah. You know? And if you're very, and you know, you can sell it on your own if you are if you do the research and you do, but you, you do have to do the research. Yeah. Otherwise, And there's a lot. You know, and there's if you're a like, a, if you're a sharp person and you've got the time and you can do it, sure, you can do it. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I just recently had a, a potential lister that, um, you know, they could have definitely sold it on their own, mm -hmm. but you know, they wanted another opinion and I was like, okay, we'll, we'll take a look. And we, we looked around, we looked at the comps and we're like, get a lot more, yeah. get a lot more than what you want. And that's and, what happens a lot of times is that yeah. they don't realize because they're not 
looking at all the numbers that you guys have access to. Right. And buying and selling a home is such an emotional thing. Mm-hmm. Having a realtor lets you, or any professional lets you take a, a less emotional view of it and say, look, like, I know that's how it feels, but this is what this says over here and this says over here. Mm-hmm. And our goal is just to get the most for you as possible. Like we're we're looking out for you, but we also want to help you sell your home. And mm-hmm. you know, it's like like I said, like sometimes I have to convince myself, like, am I do, do I provide value? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we're all and, emotional humans. I know, know right? It's it's, it's crazy. and I know I do, and I think, and that's why I'm doing. That's why I do this podcast because. I don't want to be a realtor who doesn't actually provide the value because there are some realtors you might as well sell it on your own. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because definitely, and those are the ones that ruin it for everyone else. Because and I think that's the biggest thing. It's yeah. you know you talk to a, a a realtor who does real estate, you know, just because they know their circle. Nothing wrong with that if you know yeah. what you're doing, but when you don't know what you're doing. And you're basically the only service you're offering is access to the MLS. Mm-hmm. Well, there are websites you can do that on now. Absolutely. You don't need a realtor to do that with anymore. Mm-hmm. And especially in this market, it's crazy. you can sell really quick. So the whole idea here is like, I want to be the most knowledgeable realtor. When you come, like you're you're getting value that actually affects your bottom line and Absolutely. your goals and your emotions and everything else that's involved in that whole package. Yeah. And you become part of their family because, like, you're right. learning about every yeah. single. Fi- I mean, finances are like why the one w- thing. Right? Why do you want to move? Exactly. Why do you want to buy? What What is important that's, to you? Like, that's all a of big these deal. Things. Yeah, it's it's a big it's a big part of your life, and I mean, you create a house becomes your home, mm-hmm. and it's definitely we're, we're emotional human beings, and we attach to items, and it. I, realtors have to wear many hats mm-hmm. to be able to get everything done at the end of the day to get yeah. you to where you need to go. Like you're, they're your you're an interior guidance. designer. Yeah, you're you're you're, you're, a, you're a therapist sometimes. You're a therapist. <laughs> you know, so. you're a negotiator. All negotiator, of those things. Negotiator, so many things. So and a connector at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, thanks, Lucy. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having um, us on. It's always a pleasure. We'll have to come back. Yeah. <laughs> Chip more of the iceberg off. That's right. <laughs> Thank you for joining me this week on Be My Mentor, a real estate podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to leave me a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. Also, if you have any questions for me about real estate, send me a message over on Instagram or Facebook at brandon.myrealtor. Thanks so much. Until next time.